Turning the lens of the radio camera on the vast panorama of downtowns across Ontario. Zooming in to capture the living memories of Main Streets before they are lost forever. Traveling across the province in our storymobile for your tales of... Butchers and bakers and candlestick makers and buildings and heroes and side roads and weirdos and bars and stars and roads and cars and shops and cops and people who rock. Because what we have found is everyone around has one or two telling tales of the town. Come join us as we take a a walk walk down down Main Street. Welcome to King Harden. I'm Allison. I'm Mariel. And we're here to guide you on a walk down Main Street. When we parked the Storymobile on the sunny eastern shores of Lake Huron, right in the heart of downtown King Carden, we heard all about the places and people that make this such a special spot. Do you remember movies at the Aztec? How about penny candy from the old general store Chapman's? Have you met Lynn, who keeps King Carden streets perfectly clean? And have you been out to march in the famous King Carden Scottish Pipe Band Parade? I think I hear them now. My earliest memory of downtown Kincardine was Saturday nights was always a big event uh, and everybody come to town. The uh, Kincardine Scottish Pipe Band was formed in 1908, I believe. The Kincardine Scottish Pipe Band is the oldest active street pipe band in Ontario and maybe Canada. Never missed a year since 1908. Every single Saturday night, rain or shine. Every Saturday uh, in summertime, 8 p.m. It's really loud. I guess the biggest memory of the Main Street, and you'll have heard this from everyone, is the, is the um, band parade. And that's every Saturday and everybody comes down, and they still do. And that is the community spirit. After the war, a tradition started where the pipe band played every Saturday night. That has kept on till today, and, and what happens at the, at the stroke of 8 o'clock at Victoria Park out in the street, the pipe band heads down and it goes up two and a half blocks to Quinn Plaza. But as soon as they leave uh, Victoria Park, people start falling in. You have to see it to believe it because it's just this flood of people. It's the thing to do on Saturday night in Kincardine. Well, we always go to the pipe band. It's a grand gathering. Probably my earliest memory is going to the pipe band. Um, We had a little red wagon and my dad would take us up and we would get to watch the parade. One of us, um, I have two siblings, so we'd all fight to be the one that got to walk in the parade on his shoulders. You cannot not be happy at the pipe band. When I was little, my dad would put me on his shoulders and we'd march and then we'd stand in the park and watch everybody and watch the band. It was great. Oh yes, love that, yes. I like to march up at the front. You'll see us um, walking behind the pipe band. Then people follow down to Quinn Plaza and and the band has a little rest and then, then they march back down towards Victoria Park. Well then everybody that was on the street, they follow the pipe band down to Victoria Park. We were in awe. And for years and years, we never missed a parade. Never missed one. The Saturday Night Pipe Band Parade is a tradition that began long before King Carden was the place you recognize today. So what was it like back then? It was very different, not like today. Street lights were quite a bit different then than now, and uh, after dark, the skylights, uh, or nighthawks, would uh, circle over town, and that was a memorable 
thing of their call. I came into town and I walked into the knit mill and got a job. I moved to Rukin Garden when I was 15. I went to work. I worked at the Circle Bar. That made for a lot of excitement with all these here new women coming to town and so on. We had a wonderful time. Square dances and waltz and everything. <laughs> Groups, you know, just got together and went to dances down at the pavilion down by the lake. That was the place that we would all, when we were teenagers, we would all go to the pavilion for dances on Saturday nights. We always waited on a boy because <laughs> we knew so many. We were out to the stands, but the other girls didn't go and um, this man came into our room. We, they never locked the doors then. And he come up steps and went into my room. And he went through the other door and the other four girls were in bed. And he started to go into the Johnson girls' bed. And of course, Ina was a bigger person. The rest of us were smaller. And she gave him one and told him to get out. And he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, when I come home, they had to tell me. It was quite a thing. Across the street, they had the excitement at the Montreal Bank one day when their baboon appeared on the roof of the bank. And there was a lot of excitement, and there was several tried to catch it. There was a lot of pictures taken of it, but nobody was successfully catching it that it uh, left town on its own again, but uh, that made for excitement. So I'm going to tell you a little story about my mother when she was little. She's now 88. She used to come in from the farm in the country to visit her grandfather, who lived here in Terrace. Back then, it was a much smaller town, and she was allowed to go up to uh, a little bit of money and spend her money. So when she went to go home, she was having a wonderful time, but she couldn't remember where her grandfather's house was. So she was wandering along, and a man stopped with his horse and buggy and said, Are you lost, little Audrey? Hop in, I'll take you back to your grandpa's house. But at one time, the train, it was very important uh, because uh, it carried the mail and, uh, and the livestock was shipped to Toronto by train and that. And uh, we used to chase the cattle to town years ago and it was quite a thing to keep them off people's lawns and that. And one day down at the yard, the fellow had brought in some cattle and one cow went wild at the stockyards at the station before they got stopped. They run and jumped into the harbour and <laughs> swam the harbour and out the channel and they got it on uh, Station Beach. That was uh, an exciting happening down at the train station. It isn't like it is now. One of the things that's changed the most is the state of the old Aztec cinema. As a teenager, the Aztec Theater, of course, for Friday nights in the in the wintertime, they always go to the show there. That was your Friday night date. When our first date, he took me to the theater here, the Aztec Theater. It was quite a long time ago. And my young son was about 13, and he and his friends, we took all them, and they were sitting in the row behind us. And we were up here with my sister and her husband, and we were going to go to the show that evening. But my sister and I started maybe having a couple of drinks during the afternoon. Well, the guys did too, but it seemed to affect us a little bit differently. 
So when it was time to go to the show, I cannot remember what was playing, but believe it or not, there was a lineup. And my husband-to-be wanted to kiss me in the theater, and I wouldn't let him because of the kids behind us. So we're in the lineup, and she and I start giggling and laughing, and we can't stop, and we don't even know why we're giggling and laughing. And what we didn't notice is that our husbands were so embarrassed they left. <laughs> and we get up to the ticket wicket and said, we need four tickets. And the guy looks at us and says why <laughs> and we said because there's four of us and he said lady i think you're seeing double <laughs> i just said no and i pushed him away <laughs> my hand on his face i think she and i went to the show the guys went somewhere else they collected us afterwards we were in big trouble <laughs> it used to be quite an elegant building but it's not anymore one of the highlights of the year would be at uh Christmas, the town would uh, put on a kid's day and uh, special movies and that, and the theater would be full and really full of kids and that. And then uh, when the show was over, the side door would be opened and Santa Claus would be there and everybody got their bag of candies and an orange and that, and that was a big event. It was the center of everything for us, but of course, you know, having been away and come back, it's not very large. It was like a small town theater. The seats maybe were not the most comfortable. <laughs> it's aged. <laughs> My very first movie I ever saw was in the Aztec Theater. I was six years old, and it was Elvis Presley in Love Me Tender, and everybody was there. Everybody. <laughs> At one time, it was uh, quite an elegant theater. It had quite a fancy front, and you went in off Main Street, uh, then and a big canopy over the top of it. That it really stood out as a theater. I'm always sad that it's closed because I think it's such a, a neat building. I remember going there growing up, but it's shut down now, and so it it's lost a lot of character of Kincardin. So I'm hoping now that it's for sale, somebody will take it over and maybe do something great with it. I'm hoping, seeing the sign up again, that someone in town or around uh, takes the opportunity to perhaps look at what they could do with that theatre. I wish it was a vibrant part of our community now, and I always hope that some person with lots of imagination and lots of money would buy it and just make it a great meeting place. Further down the street, everyone misses the old general store. Well, a lot of the mainstay stores that were there, like Chapman's and Stedman's and so on. Stedman's was still open when I came back, but it, it closed shortly thereafter. But they were gone. Harry Chapman was known by uh, everybody in town. He run a, a kind of a general store and that. It was a general store, and it was full of wonderful things. His slogan was, I've got it if I can find it. We've got it if you can find it. We have it if we can find it. And believe me, it was the chase. They had everything in there from wallpaper. Mom would go in there and buy her paint all the time, or we'd go in there and buy our candy. We had awful, awful stock downstairs, upstairs, in the cellar, and everywhere. Chapman's. And uh, one instance, he, a salesman gave him a good deal on ukuleles if he'd take 24 of them. So he took 24 and everybody thought he was really making the wrong move, but turned out to be a big joke and that he got a band formed and had a whole, sold every ukulele he had and they had a lot of fun out of it. I think they, they closed 
I think in 1968 or 1970, but Stedman's opened up there, and they were almost as good as Chapman's. They were the best store anywhere I would shop at Stedman's. I still have Stedman's stuff. We'd have people come in and, and they'd be looking for something specific. I was flying radio-controlled airplanes. When I was a young teenager, I guess I wanted to find a, a rocket I could shoot in the air like a, like a water rocket. And I had this plane that I arranged to go out and I needed a part because it wasn't working right. And I thought, well, where am I going to go? There's no places that deal with that sort of stuff here. And I went into Stedman's. They, they found one in, in, in the cupboard underneath all the displays there. And they had this little hardware part in the back and they had everything I needed and I was just flabbergasted. Finding it with them was was always a kind of sense of discovery of the store because there were parts of it where I'd be like, oh yeah, I completely forgot we had this small section. It took them a little while, but lots of good memories there for sure. We carried everything. Because it was a general store, you could buy anything you needed, you just go to Stedman's and they would have it. It was a place that you could find almost anything you would ever need. The one I miss the most is Stedman's because it had everything and Chapman's before that had everything. We used to call it the small town Walmart with more heart. Kincardine's a pretty small town, but it used to be even smaller, especially before the power plant came to town. They called it Douglas Point Development that was starting. Well, it certainly did make an awful difference to our town. The Bruce Power, Douglas Point, was the greatest thing that ever happened to me as a recreation director. It brought in people from, well, we might say all over the world. I was here before early 60s, before Douglas Point came in. Oh yes, everybody was excited, all right. It certainly employed a lot of local people too. When they were building the power plant up here, the uh, traffic through the town Main Street was the highway. Just before I came to town, Queen Street was actually the highway, Highway 21. So all the heavy trucks came through the Main Street. Very busy with big trucks and traffic and through traffic. Uh, and just around 1978 to 1980, they built the bypass. So then Queen Street became much quieter, but much nicer for locals. When I was younger than that, if there was two or three new houses built in Kincaid, and that was that was big progress in that. And they just uh, escalated the building uh, that unbelievable compared to what we'd been used to up till then. But when they came in, in the late 60s, they brought younger people into the community. And those young people would give back to the community. It's the most volunteer town I've ever seen. We do a lot of volunteering. We really do. As far as my own personal involvement, I've been involved in the the theater guild. I volunteer at the uh, for the hospital foundation. Uh, schools, sitting on school councils. The women's hospital auxiliary. I currently mentor a robotics team. The triathlon this Saturday, yeah, we volunteer. There are a lot of organizations in town that give freely of, of their time. The Lions Club, uh, you know, certainly is one. The Lions Club has been around Concordance since the uh, mid-70s. Nothing would operate without volunteers. I think Concordia, honestly, is a, is a wonderful place to live. When I was young, uh, there was a man that lived here in town, and uh, you would see him out walking usually three times a day, right in the morning, kind of right at lunch, and right at evening. It was, it was routine enough you could probably set your watch by it. 
and uh, he had a, a red walker and the front of his walker was filled with different toys and all the toys were, were singing toys. So one was a frog that would sing Joy to the World and if you were walking and meeting this man on the sidewalk, he'd often reach down and press um, one of the toys so that it would sing to you and have this great big smile on his face. And um, he used to go for these long, long walks around town and you'd always see him putting his, his two front fingers into the change sections of the machine. So the different pop machines that were uptown, uh, back when we had all the different phone booths uptown, things like that. And he'd be looking to see if anyone had forgotten their quarters or nickels or anything like that. And one day I was walking with my dad and I noticed that he, he had this bag of change. He was always kind of famous for carrying a giant Ziploc bag of change in his pocket. And he take out you know a quarter or a loony and he'd, he'd put it into the machine and I looked back and I saw that this gentleman was was walking behind us like about a block behind us and so my dad was feeding all these machines with the change for him and I found out that this gentleman also was all the money that he found he was donating to local church youth groups so it was just kind of a neat experience for me to really see the way that people in Kincardine care for each other in a kind of really subtle way that we all are are really interconnected even if we don't really know it. Our downtown is people care. There's a, a fellow here out very early in the morning, Len is his name, and he literally picks up every scrap of garbage on this street. The street's just like spotless clean after that too. Yeah, he's, he's very conscientious. My name's Len Evans. Yeah, I do this street too, yeah. Tidy it up. Looks like someone lives here. He's a staple of the the community but he cares you know he will take literally bend over and take little scraps of paper off these streets always has his head down the way that the community supports him is really special to me just seeing that everyone wants to make a point of thanking him and acknowledging the work that he's doing and letting him know that that it's important to us that our town is clean and beautiful and welcoming to tourists and that you know, we really sincerely appreciate the work that he does. I've never lived in a town where somebody takes that much care of their town. He's very conscientious. We have a very beautiful municipality. But one of the greatest things are our people and our volunteers. Our biggest asset is our people. It's a friendly town. Only a stranger once, they say. I really love uh, this place especially the downtown where you can walk right on the beach. You can see the sunset. For me personally, it's the lake. I love walking on the beach and this beautiful, beautiful sunsets. Gorgeous, love them. We go uh, with my wife every evening to Queen's Lookout. King Carden is a gorgeous town and the lighthouse and listening to the bagpipes in the evening is, is a bonus, it's a beautiful thing. Since uh, 1996, we put a piper up on the uh, lighthouse every day of the week, except Saturdays in July and August. I go up there, and it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But I do it because it's a challenge, and we're all expected to take a turn as a phantom piper. It's the result of, uh, of a legend of a fellow by the name of Donald Sinclair. You know the story of Donald Sinclair, right? 1856, when he left Godrich with his young family, he was, he was heading to Panatangor, that's King Carden. And uh, the weather turned and got a little nasty and uh, he uh, lost focus of where he was, so he got up on deck and uh, he played the bagpipes uh, with uh, hopes that someone on shore would hear him. Within 10 minutes, it was magic. He was heard by another piper who uh, got up on top of the lighthouse and 
played uh, some laments and they just played tunes back and forth and guided him and his family safely into the harbour. And in honour of Donald Sinkler, the pipe band started to go up on the lighthouse and pipe the sundown. And uh, probably the most interesting experience is getting out that little wee hole with a kilt on to uh, get up and play. Yeah, I often think of Donald Sinkler, eh? Like he, he started it and he's kept the tradition going. I brought my husband up last summer, and he, he had Alzheimer's, and he was, he was, it was bad, tough summer. But it was a Sunday night when they had the little sing-along at the park. I love those little sing-alongs. And I went over, and they were doing the sing-along thing, and they often have a surprise guest, little entertainment. Well, it was a woman who sang the blues, and she was wonderful. And I looked over, and there was this incredibly beautiful sunset, like one of those ones that you go, <gasps> like it takes your breath away. And the two tall ships were just leaving the harbor at the same time. And so I got up and walked down a little bit more, and I could still hear the singer, and I saw the boats, and I saw the sunset, and what I thought was, no matter what kind of crap you're going through, life is really special if you look for it. I think King Carden is very peaceful and, and definitely going to be one of those places I will come back to regularly. There's something about the shores of Lake Huron. If you grew up on them, you get to a certain point in your life and they just draw you back. Magic. I told you, the lake is magic. It's just, it's such a special place in my heart from when I was a kid. And it's even more special now as an adult. Having been other places, I know how special King Carden is. And I'm so happy to have come back. Thanks for tuning in. To hear more tales and find out when the Storymobile is coming to your town, visit www.thetaleofatown.com. Special thanks to the Municipality of King Carden, Sundown Theatre, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Ontario Trillium Foundation for their generous support of our project. And to everyone in King Carden who supported our performance installation and took the time to share their stories. You can find a complete list on our website. The Tale of a Town is created and produced by Fixed Point and developed in collaboration with the National Arts Centre to capture the collective community memory of Canada's main streets, one story at a time. This episode was produced by me, Alison Broverman, and created in collaboration with the artistic team, including Mariel Marshall, with music from the Kincardine Scottish Pipe Band, and original music by Jake Nichol. Thanks for listening.